This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. You are tuned in to another edition of Americana Music Profiles, brought to you by Americana Rhythm Music Magazine and AmericanaMusicMagazine.com. I'm your host, Greg Tutwiler. Let's jump right in to the next exciting interview. Meta Kierkegaard is a Copenhagen-based Americana singer-songwriter whose music has helped initiate a new genre, Nordic Americana, with the help of her Berlin producer and her EP, Dry Wood. Meta's most recent CD is called Simple Matters, which she recorded in the United States. Meta is my guest on this edition of Americana Music Profiles as we talk about her musical journey and she helps us understand what Nordic Americana is all about. Hi, Meta. Welcome to the podcast today. Hi, and thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, glad to um, get a chance to talk officially. We've had a, had a few minutes to catch up before we get started, so I've um, gotten to ask some, some fun questions before we are in advance, but we'll, we'll try to make sure we get all the good stuff covered while we're uh, doing, this, doing okay. this show. You are in Denmark, correct? Right, in Copenhagen. Is that been, um, did you grow up there? No, I grew up outside in a suburban area. Um, Actually, the area is called Ølstykke. You know what that means? I don't. Øl, it means beer. Beer. And okay. then peace, so it's kind of beer part. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you, but you did grow up in Denmark, then, just not Copenhagen. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um yes. I think in one of our earlier conversations, um, you shared with me that your mother was an English teacher, correct? It's true, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so uh, it's. Uh, I, I was commenting on your your um, ability to speak English and communicate. Uh, we, we've done Thank that you. so well. So um, when, did, when did music get introduced to your life? Well, I mean, my mother, she had a, an island string guitar since I was, you know, a child. So I was always interested in this guitar. And then I began to play the guitar in the second year of school, I think. And then first year there was rhythm, like lessons in rhythm for, you know, kids. So I think it must when I was around six or something like that, six, seven, mm -hmm. eight. But then my mother, she sang for me every night. She was singing Danish, I think, some psalms and some, not psalms, they're called something in between, you know, like mm -hmm. a year songs or songs about summertime or about the sun going up. But she did this every night and there was some special songs coming, you know, coming back. So I think she really had a big impact on this, yeah. you know, voice uh, and singing. So, and then I, I began to sing in a choir when I was in the fourth grade of school. Oh, wow. Okay. Classical conservatory, yeah. And then uh, I played the guitar, the nylon string for some years. And um, and then I began to sing in a band. And then later I began, I went to high school at a music high school. And then I 
began to write songs. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's like a Pandora's box, you know, yeah. opening up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, at what point did you have this idea that you would like to do it professionally? I was 21, I think. I think it was like I had this um, kind of personal transformation time in my life or a, maybe a crisis in that way that I discovered that the music was a huge vehicle for communication. Mm -hmm. at, at this time, I, I, after the high school, I decided, no, I don't want to hang out with all the musicians. I want to work with writing, you know, words. <laughs> and then I went to study speech, so mm. it was still related. And then I learned about how to perform and stuff. But then I took a break from the studies. And then I began to write songs. And then I realized, oh, my God, music is such a strong vehicle for communication, including the poetry. Yes. So that was kind of my... my it was a very idealistic project. Like, I, I felt that I, I, I'm going to pass messages to people in songs that's that's how it was that was that was when i was 21 and so you at that point were playing at open mic nights and parties and that at kind this of thing time, we, we didn't really have open mics in denmark you know that's the thing it was very poor and it was like all the artists you would see who were kind of professional they were they all had a band. They were not kind of songwriters. Okay. There was no space for a solo, maybe a few uh, professional, but there was no kind of level between. Mm -hmm. And and uh, but then I did found find I found a stage for musicians jamming, and then you know I could sing, and then I found one kind of con uh, con song contest, and and uh, and then it happened that I went. I, I went back to university and still not music, but then I decided to take one year at the, the music and musicology because they had a lot of practical courses. Mm -hmm. And when I was at this place, uh, there was a guy in New York who wanted to swap, swap his flat. And then I had heard that New York was good for songwriting. Hmm. And that was because there was a piano player who heard me at the musicology place mm -hmm. who had been to New York. And when he heard my music, he said, you should go to New York. This is exactly what they're playing in the bars. Wow. And, and, and then I went there and then I realized, oh, my God, they're actually sitting here in bars and playing, you know, music. And, mm -hmm. I, and then I did the same, you know, I, I, I had three gigs in New York when I came, you know, small gigs or in. I sent my a demo with my songs, and then they called and said, "Yeah, you can come and play, you know, at the, the Acme Underground or even the CBGB's Gallery." You know, I really played there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's neat. And, and this this of, was when about what what what? Yeah, what this is year? Uh, that was year two thousand. Okay, uh, that was uh, November December December January two thousand two thousand one. Mm-hmm. And New York, at this time, I thought that New York was the most amazing thing. I mean, I was, I, I had such a good time. I, I met so many people and they really liked me, you know. So yeah. I felt like, wow. But I didn't have a green card and I didn't know how I should stay, you know. So I ended up going back and it was like, I never forget it, you know. I came back and it felt like everything was just backwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> wow. But, but later on, I, I learned that, that, that America is much greater than New York. New York is actually a very hard place to uh-huh. begin. And it's not even the best place for songwriters' music, but they have open mics. Right. And many people go there. So, But, but then I found, you know, Austin, where I wrote songs for the last album, and also uh, East Coast, California, and, and, you know, and also through the mid-states and all this. There's so much stuff going on that you can use for poetry, like nature areas, and, yes. you know, road mm-hmm. trips. and mm-hmm. So, I mean, but it was definitely you know certain events like the 21 and then the guy the piano player uh and then yeah and then coming to new york yeah that made a huge difference sure yeah yeah how how long after you uh, spent your time in new york did you record your first debut cd yeah i mean i you mean a real album with real graphics and all this stuff it took me, uh, let me see, it actually took me seven years. But I did release demos before. Okay. It took me seven years wow. to collect, you know. At this time, it was very expensive to, to record an album. Right, right. So, and it was only when I became a member of this songwriters union in Denmark called DBA. And then they, um, it was possible to apply for funds, you know. For recording, so it was when I became a member of one of those unions. Then it was easier mm. to sort of pursue my career. Mm-hmm. So it it meant really a lot. At this time, money was probably maybe more important than network. Mm. Where when you get older, it's opposite. Network is obviously the way to you know success. It's not you know the right the right vibes and the right environment right right right. yeah so uh, but but it was i mean it was just that's my first album and and then i went to england and then i got a four-star review of my album in nottingham because i went over there some months because i tried to see if i can live in in england now Mm -hmm. Hmm. yeah (laughs) that's cool yeah but it's this usual music work but Nothing else worked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so then you uh, you were telling me this really neat story about coming to the United States again, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. and spending more time and actually traveling. Was it twenty twenty two states? Yeah, I think it was twenty two states. Let me see. It was uh, New York, uh, the the Amtrak train to Arizona that was going through Chicago. Okay. Yeah. So you can maybe figure out what states right, you cross. Right. Yeah. And and that and was then, a songwriting trip, right? No. Yeah, I mean it was a trip with the I was traveling with a, a boyfriend. Uh-huh. And it was his idea. I mean, I I just wanted to go to New York. I didn't know anything about America, you know. Yeah. But it was such a huge experience and which I realized later how how, you know, helpful this was for my understanding of Americana like the Nordic Americana mm-hmm. the, the genre that I was trying to figure out you know what was because definitely I was not you know Americana in the American sense Americana like the deep you know uh, because I don't have this history mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but but it was kind of the the Nordic Americana like I was actually singing about sad stuff stuff and about you know 
hard love matters and stuff, and uh, where a lot of songs in Denmark they are a little more heavy. Mm, okay. Like uh, we don't have so many kind. Of, it was more the English American kind of mellow, uh-huh. you know, energy and or vibe. So so. Yeah, so I mean, uh, so I learned a lot about America, and I began to understand a lot about Americans just by driving around and 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 seeing how people were living, and uh, you know, things that I didn't understand just by being in New York. So uh, it was very interesting. We're going to pause for just a moment. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the interview. So you wrote songs uh, that actually was on your second record, right? That was uh, my, uh, no, I had two albums, one in English and the next one in Danish. And after this, I recorded an EP, Drywood. This was created after the road trip yeah. through okay. America. Yeah. And the, the road trip was going uh, Blackstaff, Arizona, and then up to... Uh, Utah, uh, what is it called? Uh, the Science Park? Science Park? Is that what? Utah Park. I can't remember now. It's called Utah, right? This park. U- U- Utah is the state, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. No, and then that is a park. The park is that Science Park. I can't remember. There were three parks. Mm, okay. It was the Science, mm-hmm. and, and then there was the Bryce Canyon and Grand Canyon. Okay. And then uh, also Las Vegas, and then up the way uh to California, Los Angeles, California, San Francisco, hmm. and then, you know, Oregon, Portland, and up to Seattle, and then through Idaho, Wyoming, wow. uh, South Dakota, and then you know, up to Niagara Falls, Yeah, this way up, and then from Niagara Falls back to New York. Wow, so you, you got the full tour. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was so crazy, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, you you made reference to Nordic Americana, and it was yeah. kind of, kind of. Uh, so we we won't spill the whole story because you're you're helping us put together a story about that that will appear in an upcoming uh, edition of the mm-hmm. magazine, and will be online as well, so people can yeah. read the full story. But it basically was kind of a label that uh, you and your producer kind of came yeah. up with together to to describe yeah. what you just mentioned was this kind of different style of Americana. Yeah, that's the. We were working in the studio in Berlin. I, I mean, when I come, came home from uh, from America, I knew that I wanted to do something, some change with my music. Mm-hmm. I knew it. I didn't just want music that was kind of live played, you know, like a jazz, you know, that you can then live record. It was mm-hmm. not this sound I wanted. I wanted a more kind of modern sound and still, you know, kept in this original kind of folky style. And then I met uh, this trio in Berlin through a woman I know from England. Uh, Etsy Steels is her name, another songwriter you can find also on Spotify. Mm-hmm. She had recommended me, uh, this producer. And he said that my music was, well, I said it was Nordic, a Scandinavian touch or a Nordic touch. That was kind of the description of my new folk. And then he said it was Nordic Americana. Mm-hmm. And this way we sort of worked on the new songs that, uh, I mean, defining it while we were working. So we just yeah. 
I mean, it was also a bit like I, I recall that he had remixed James Blunt, this uh, famous song. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name. One of his songs. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think there's also a bit of this, you know, the modern, you know, because James Blunt is also a folky songwriter, right? Mm-hmm. But it's just modernized. But his is more modernized like pop. But there's kind of, you know, a vibe from a mix from some some roots element. Right. So right. some kind of. And then, uh, yeah, so so about the genre, I mean, it is Nordic because uh, I, I clearly have a very um, melodic uh, tone mm-hmm. and then it's mellow. Yeah. And the mellow tone you also have in Denmark. But mostly in old songs, hmm. you know, which is kind of a more classical discipline. So I think this is a kind of a fusion of this that comes out in the the American English Im- imagery. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, the poetry that comes from me when it's in English, it's mellow. Hmm. That's the English, either it's the English gentleman or American side of me. <laughs> It's, yeah, but yeah. it's kind of, you know, yeah, that's neat. where the Danish is just, you know, maybe comic or or the words is such a different, you know, yeah. language. Yeah. It can also be kind of very classical and, sure. and poetic. Yeah, yeah. But very, it's different. Very, very yeah. pretty, yeah. So and, yeah. So then, then the next record, which is kind of your, the one that's your current record is Simple Matters. And that, that yeah. happened uh, how long ago? Yeah, it was released in no, uh, November or the end of October 2018. Okay. And I still feel that it has a long life to live and it hasn't been lived yet. Yeah. <laughs> it needs to come out more. I, I really think so. Yeah. And I also heard this from people that it's kind of, you know, some of the songs are kind of long-lasting evergreens. Yeah. And yeah. why? Maybe because Costas is also, you know, co-writer and that he has, you know this kind of, you know, long-lasting, you know, one of the songs called Heaven, I think, and also Simple Matters is mm-hmm. also kind of catchy, you know, yeah. that you, you remember it. And then also Johan Wagner, a very uh, good songwriter from uh, Austin. We worked on a song uh, which has become very popular in Denmark in a Danish version because I translated it to Danish. Oh, uh, okay. And uh, and it's called Foreign Pines, about driving through the East Coast and, uh, you know, through the high towns and the poor towns and, uh, and you're just in love and you sort of slowly see the things, mm-hmm. you know, rain coming in and uh, you were hoping for thunder, but all you found, all we found was rain. Mm. And, and, and then you, some of the imagery is kind of, you know, also strong in Danish. And I think it's needed because it's it's almost translated the same into Danish, but it's kind of, uh, we drove out to the East Coast in a swirl of a summer sky to the prairie winds and the poor towns, uh, to the wet fields and the foreign pines. It's not easy when you're living, begging for bread out on your own. We struck a match for St. Francis, and then we waited for the storm. Hmm. That's cool. So it's very kind of this. And, yeah. And, yeah. And, and you wrote a lot of these in Montana. Is that right? 
No, this was in Austin. Okay, Austin. Uh, because uh, yeah, the record took its it took off in Austin in in 2015. I I decided to go to the House of Songs in uh, in Austin, mm-hmm. and it's a songwriter's house that you can stay in and yeah. and uh, for like 14 days. And I was there, and then they sort of hook you up with some songwriters in the area. But then uh, eventually I also met some other songwriters and uh, Johanna Wagner was one of them because he was performing in the same show as me. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a guy called Matt, the electrician. He sort of arranged these shows where I had four songs and then there was a band from the area. They had already rehearsed my songs and then we performed together. Mm, and cool. he was he was there and uh, we just... Be- we decided to meet and just see if we could write something. Mm-hmm. And it was a very long process. It took three meetings. It took one and a half year or so, maybe more. Wow. Because we began April 2015, and then he was coming to Denmark. So And then we had an hour or so, and uh, I think it was the same summer maybe. And then the next year, I decided to go back to... Um, to Austin and then we met again and then we finished a song and then I recorded it yeah that's cool because I like to finish things you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. I yeah. mean he likes to wait and wait <laughs> <laughs> which is also really healthy for the song right yeah sometimes yeah. you sure. have to wait sure yeah yeah, yeah. So, uh, again, we've had some time to kind of talk about the differences between uh, Denmark and the United States and different countries yeah. and how things are, are, are still aren't open and, and just everybody's anxious mm. to get back out and play. Um, mm. what, what, what do you hope it looks like for you when uh, the world will open back up again and you can get out with your music and travel? What, what, do you, what do you envision being able to do with this to continue on um, uh, the life of yeah, this particular I, record. I really hope that my songs and performance can inspire people to get more quality in their life after the COVID nineteen, you know, mm-hmm. pandemic. I really see it as a, a, you know, to just performing, and then you can see how happy people they get, you know, mm-hmm. and how I've seen couples where you know you see the guy and he's so happy because he can see that his girlfriend she's just you know it means something to listen to this music mm-hmm. you know you just get a break from all yeah. the troubles and all yeah. and and to see this and there's a beautiful environment for example a house garden and then you sort of play there and you see people sitting at their tables because of the covid people bring their own stuff and they can sit you know with uh, water or wine or whatever or mm-hmm. food and then just sit and listen in nice weather too so i really hope that my music can come out more to more people and and bring joy and uh, spirituality yeah. that's that's just and if that could work as well for me you know yeah for sure and also also i hope actually that there will be the possibility of more online concerts in a good quality i hope that some of us will be finding ways to set up this, you know, so it could also be, you know, online. Yeah. Because I do think that the future holds a lot for artists for online if we have the right uh, equipment. It's still, but it's just 
you know, is still new. Yeah. Even though it's been there a while, it's oh, yeah. just not the same as as life. No, right? no, it's not. It's not. And I think everybody no. feels that, and uh, we're fortunate to have have the connection. But I know that we're all ready for the live connection for sure. Mm, um, exactly. And. Yeah. So the the record again is Simple Matters and yeah. uh, Meta. Tell me how people can can listen to that music, how they can on, get in touch yeah, with you. Yeah, it's on Spotify and and iTunes and and if you go on iTunes, if you use iTunes, then you can also see the the you know the CD uh, booklet. And also on my website, you can also see some of the music. All I have all the links to the music there. And what's that address? The Spotify. The website. Hmm? What's the website? It's my name. Yeah. Maybe you put it on your. Uh, yeah. My, and if you can. Yeah. It's maybe. Spell it. Spell it for us for those folks who are just listening and can't find it. Yeah, I think maybe the easiest thing is that I give my Instagram because it's my name M A M E T T E, and then music. Okay. In one word. Okay. So M E as a M like. Martin, uh-huh. and then E like Evan, T like Thomas, T again, and then E like Evan, and then music. Okay. Mid music. Good. So, uh, add mid music. Yeah. That's my uh, my because my Instagram is connected to my other accounts. So there's a link in the profile, okay. and it links to eight other you know yeah. links. Okay. So it's probably easier than my website. Okay. So. Good. Well, thank you, Meta. Yeah. It's been fun. Uh, always enjoy thank you so much. learning about uh, especially the new genre, and we'll explore that more in the future for sure. Thank but, you yeah, so much. Yeah, thank I you. really enjoyed this. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of Americana Music Profiles. Find us on iTunes at Americana Music Profiles and on the Internet at AmericanaRhythm.com. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.